Hallelujah, may the righteous never be quiet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. I'm more excited about this than I was on my honeymoon. I went to sleep on my honeymoon. Phyllis had to wake me up, and I said, wake me up in the morning. What is wrong with you, woman? She didn't pay attention. Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles today to Romans 8, 1 through 2. And we're going to talk about some things today that will transform a believer's life. But we have to apply what we're going to learn today. We have to engage God by faith. It is a place of connecting point. It is a place where we've made a decision to surrender all and go God's route. Now, there are many laws in the world, and we're going to be talking about law today. There are many laws in our world. They vary from country to country. There are many laws in the kingdom of God. And there are many laws in the kingdom of darkness. So we're going to talk about laws today. And it says, well, let's let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, enlighten our eyes. Open up our hearts, God. Let's our, let our minds be transformed. Let them be renewed, God. Let them be expanded and translated. That, God, we will know perfectly the will of God, that we'll walk in it. God, I pray that every person here today would experience your presence, your love, and know that they are loved, not just God of you in heaven, but of you in us. That God, we will love and embrace every person that is here. And that God, your will for their life is here today. And his name is Jesus. God, I ask you to open up hearts and heal broken hearts, discouraged hearts. Weary hearts, Father, and God rescue every person that does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. God, we ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Let's turn our, yeah, we're here. We'll, we'll go to Romans 8.1. All right, Romans 8.1 through to it. I'm sorry, let's go to, uh, yeah, that's it. Hmm, I'm thinking I want to go another direction. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now understand that there are two types of walks that every Christian can be a part of. 
But we don't want to walk after the flesh. We want to walk after the Spirit. Could have given amen. <clears throat> and then it says this, for the law, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now there is a law that is in Christ Jesus. And that law is a spirit of life. It does not exist in religion. It does not exist in uh, other belief systems. The only place that the law of the spirit of life or the laws that free from death, the laws that establish and bring to pass the life desired of God, that law is only found and is an inherited right to those that receive Jesus Christ. Amen? <clears throat> and then it says this, the spirit of life is in Christ Jesus and hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Now there is another law that is brought into motion and unveiling is the law of the spirit, the law of sin and of death. Somebody say the law of the spirit of sin and death. <clears throat> now we have a revelation that there are three ruling laws that govern man. Whether you understand them, whether you don't, whether you're ignorant, educated, these three laws govern the lives of men and women and free us from the government of certain laws. And we, as Christians, have to activate these laws. Now, how does a man activate the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus by the law of repentance. The law of repentance is that if you will confess with your heart in a pure and you understand a clean heart that you're not just trying to get by but that you are sincere in your repenting or turning away, then you are freed from the law of sin and death because the law of the spirit of life, I don't want to make it difficult, but I, I, I have to tell you something. Gee, some of this stuff I hear preached on preachers are like they're looking to kindergarten Sunday school classes. It's time for us to at least grow up a little Amen? And you say, well, I don't understand it all. Well, keep listening to it. It's free. I mean, just go on that lifeline or whatever that is, live, I don't know. Just go into the, wherever they store it and just listen to it until you get it. Archives, thank you, fellas. Is that a artichoke, what? Archives, Okay. And uh, listen to it until you get it. Well, I just don't have time. Well, then 
I don't mean this bad, then just be dumb. But don't blame nothing on our laziness to become intelligent, spiritual people that are able to walk with God and to live beyond the power of sin and death and live beyond the rule of the flesh. Now, we can do this. But when we repent, the law of the spirit of life goes in motion, transforms a man's unrighteous life into a righteous one. And then it brings and breaks the power of death over your life. And we are translated out of the kingdom of darkness and seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Colossians 1.13 through 15 says that he is translated out of the kingdom of darkness, death, the kingdom of sin, and he's translated us in the kingdom of his dear son. Now, just by the statement that we've been translated, we are no longer subject to that which we used to live in. Now we are subject to that which we now dwell in. Amen? If you used to uh, live in uh, Cuba, and you are here today and you're an American citizen, you do not have to pay homage to any other government except the one that you are connected and ruled by now after your freedom from communism. Amen? You don't, have, you don't pay attention to those laws. Neither do we as Christians pay attention to laws that no longer govern us. Amen. And so we have the law of the spirit of life that is activated by the law of repentance. The law of repentance is if you repent, God is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. All sin is gone. No, there no more remembrance of your sin. That doesn't mean that you keep reminding God that you can do it. That means you stop it. There was nothing in sin that was good for you, and there's still nothing in sin that is good for you. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, and then there is the law of the flesh. And then there is the law of sin and death. There are three laws that man is capable of being subject to. The first is the law of the spirit of life. It is a law of superiority. It trumps every other law. And then there is the law of the sin and death. Now that is the law that God placed in the universe in order to govern Satan and his, and his kingdom's activity to those that are resistant to his involvement in their life. And people that do not resist Satan by living under the laws of the kingdom 
of life, then understand that they will be dominated or ruled by Satan. And then there is the law of man that is given to man. It's from God, and it is God's will, but man has the right. Satan has no right to do so, and he can't, but man can adjust the law of God and add to and subtract from. Now, the law that is given to you and I as human beings is a law that is to govern our actions and reactions to those that we are in relationship and have business transactions with in this world. It is a law that is designed to create equality. Equality. We love our neighbor as our right. Another law is don't covet your neighbor's wife. See, those are laws that make us equal. If you love your neighbor like yourself, guess what? He is equal to you. But if you violate that law based on your emotions, then you understand that you create a society that is not filled with equality. That's why we are to love not only our brethren, but our enemies. Could again, get an amen? So we have to understand that all of these, these three kingdoms want to rule us. But the only way that these kingdoms can have dominance in our life is if we give ourselves to the laws of the government that rule our life. If you disobey the laws, then you're in the state of rebellion. Hallelujah. All right. So we've got three laws. Now let me tell you what a law is. Buddy, have you ever seen that little thing, a uh, little guy, a, a law or a what, whatever he is? I never could stand. I couldn't comprehend what he's trying to tell me. What is it? Yeah. Yeah, do you got it? Can you come up here? Can you tell every day we watched Woody Woodpecker? Yes, we did. I'm just a bill, a regular bill. But one day I become a law. And it's this little bill and he's sitting on Congress steps and he's trying to teach you how he's going to come into a law. But first he's got to get through the Congress and the Senate and then he becomes a law. And it's this little rolled piece of paper. Now, I will say this, later when I started getting sanctified, Woody Woodpecker was just entirely too violent. And I said, God, man, I shouldn't let her watch that. Well, send her outside to play. I still enjoyed the violence. And, uh, but, so uh, when we talk about a law, 
It is something that instructs us. It is divine, yet it's human, and yet it can be manipulated through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life and cause sin to happen. Now, a law is a system of rules. I said, well, I don't like to be told what to be. Well, are you married? Yeah, you're, you, you're being told what to say. Now, it is a system of rules that govern the actions of the members that are subject by choice to that ruler. See, God has the right to rule you, but you have a free choice. And he will not make you a prisoner nor a slave against your will. Against your will. And so you have the right to choose who will rule your life, the devil or God. There are laws that are enforced by superior authority, God being the top, and it's a set of rules that govern our actions and reactions set by God and enforced by him alone. That's why it says vengeance belongs to the Lord. In other words, everybody gets their due. If, if I could say it that way, you know, I don't mean it derogatory, I'm just telling you. These laws are set by God, the holder of all power. Nobody can make a law without power. And he sets them for the kingdom of heaven, for the kingdom of Satan, and for the present rule or existence of mankind. So we want to know that God himself is the one that sets them. Why does God give us laws? I mean, doesn't he think that we're smart enough to do it? Well, hmm. Let me say this. Well, let's go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 1, 3 and verse 8. The laws that we're talking about are keys. Laws open things and shut things. They bind certain activities and they loose certain activities. Right? And so... Those laws will bind and loose. They're like a key. They open things up and they shut things down. Deuteronomy 1.3. Uh, thank you. And it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spake unto the children of Israel, according to all that the Lord had given him in commandment, unto them and he had slain after he had slain Sihon the king of the Amorites which dwelt in Hishbon and Og the king of Bashan which dwelt at Ashtaroth 
in in indiga yep and then next verse and on this side of jordan in the land of moab began moses to declare this law now let's notice what it said god gave moses commandment and that commandment is law it's not an option it's not up for debate it is a law that will give you life if you live it. And then it says this, next verse, And the Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. Take, turn you and take your journey. Go to the mount of the Amorites, and unto all the place nigh thereunto, in the plain, in the hills, and in the vale, and in the south, and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites, unto Lebanon, unto the great river, the river of Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess it. The land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them and to their seed after them. Now, what are they supposed to do as they go in and possess the land? They are to keep his commandments, which are laws. Laws. Amen? We'll get to that in just a second. Now, let's go to Deuteronomy 27, and we'll start in verse 8. And it says, And thou shalt write upon the stones all the words of this law. All the words of this law. Now we have something that says this. When God opens his mouth, what he says is law. Because he said he will not alter the thing that is spoken, he'll not break the covenant that he makes, and he will hasten or bring to pass that which he speaks. So when God says something, it becomes law. Somebody say law. Okay, next verse. And Moses said to the priests of Levites, Speak unto all Israel, saying, Take heed. And hearken, O Israel, this day thou art become the people of the Lord thy God. What made them a people? The law. The law. Jesus said it this way. You'll know them, my disciples, by their fruit. Well, well what does that mean? I'm going to explain it. First of all, every law is an expression of God's voice. Every law is an expression of God's voice. God, I, that, that guy wronged me. What should I do? If you hear, kill him quickly. You know that's not God. Though you might want it to be, it's not. What would God do? He would say, make sure he has bread and water. 
Make sure he doesn't have a need. Love him like you would love me if I was there with him. That's what God would say. So every law is the voice of God. That's why everything that we hear must be filtered through the Scripture. Through the Scripture. But I, I, I know this and I know that. You listen, you're not smarter than the Bible. And when you get prideful enough to say, you know this and you know that, then you're just setting yourself up for danger. Nobody is without judgment and scrutiny and proving if what they have heard or seen or anything else is of God or of the devil. Amen? Nobody is a self-governed individual. Okay, good deal. All right. The second is Psalms 40 and verse 8 is that God's law is his will. God's law is his will. He doesn't make a law unless he wants you to obey it. It is the word from God's mouth. Job 22, 22. It is the word from God's mouth. So every word of God is, as it were, a commandment and a law. It is the way to peace and unity. Psalms 119 and 166. Psalms 119, 166 is that the law, the word of God, the word that comes out of his mouth, the voice of God, the will of God always is connected to unity and peace. You can find that also in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verse 4 on down through 8. And then it is a commandment, a commandment. Every law is not an option, it is a commandment. If you are in need, don't complain. Give, and it shall be given back to you. Now, Christians want to complain. Christians want to bellyache. And I understand you. I'm your brother. I, I, I want to do the same thing you want to do. But God says, don't loose hell on your fields. Be quiet. Now that's a command. Oh, but I just want to cry and beg and whine and, and well, I, you break a law, you get shackled. That's what sin wants you to do. The devil wants you to complain, disobey, bellyache, and declare that it's not working and declare an just God to be unjust towards you. Now, that word commandment is a real unique word. Now, remember, a commandment is a law. The word commandment means a collar. It means like 
having something put around your neck. It is a place of control and direction not to destroy your life, but to keep sin at bay. It is a commandment that keeps you separated from disobedience. Well, you mean God's controlling me? That's not what I said at all. I said that the law and the commandment are given to you to collar you. Now, what that means is that when it comes about your neck, you are the one that controls your emotions, your mouth, your attitude, your thoughts, your responses, and your actions, and you do it because the law said this is what you do when you're offended. God's not, wouldn't it be great if we could just read the commandments over uh, ABC and everybody just get shackled and God lead them around like a little three-legged puppy? No, the commandment and the law is to empower you to produce righteousness in an unrighteous world. The Bible says, love your neighbor, then you do so. But I don't feel like getting up today, then send your wife. That's why God gave us help me. That wasn't worth the air it took to say it. But do you understand that when we say that, or we put it off, we are negating God's rule in our life. And that leads to giving the devil or activating the law of sin and death. And when we do that, then we're going to reap the benefits of that. So the law or the commandment, we'll just go back to what we said before. We talked about if you have a need, you start complaining. What if you have a need and the law said, give and it shall be given. Press down, shaking together, running over. Men and women will give into your bosom. What do you think that you should do? What is the commandment about your neck for? To shut off unbelief? shut down fear, to stop argumentative thoughts, and for you to move into the realm of the kingdom by faith and to set it into motion so that God can be your provider. Could again, amen. Listen, there is no law. Remember, it's the law of the spirit of life. That is the thought. The concept of God towards you is if you will live in the laws, not just be in the spirit, but live, be activated. Have 
and exchange, get connected, get engaged, and live by the laws that govern the universes of this world. And if you will, then you will give, and what is the response? It will be given back to you. Do you understand? That is a law. It is a law. Now, it is only in force through good attitude, good conversation, and obedience to what the Bible said. Now, you can set a law in motion, but you can break it just as fast. Hallelujah. The law is also a covenant between a government and a people. Right? But we more times than not find ourselves fighting government that has broken covenant. Moving right along. All right, a law is something that is prescribed by God to handle a situation. In other words, it is a prescription from the healer of life. God is the healer of life. And instead of you trying to work it out on your own, take what God gave you a law concerning, and start doing it. You know, there is no law of isolation. You, you know, oh, well, I just need some time alone. That's the worst thing you can have, is to leave yourself with a mind that's already messed up your life. You know, it's not good for man to dwell alone. And it's not good for women to dwell alone. We are made for companionship or we will never be what iron sharpens iron can produce. You have to have interaction with living beings, not dogs, cats, puppies, horses, pigs, and cows. Well, you know, he's like one of my children. Hope to God he does not look like your children, nor is he as mindless as your children. I mean, we make stupid statements. Thank God that God doesn't enforce all of our ignorant statements. You know, oh man, that tickled me to death. You, you know, well, praise God, if it ever happens bad, it'll happen to me. Then you complain how miserable your life is. But because of the law of words that you're not paying attention to, you are inviting demonic occupation back into your life. Oh, well, I didn't really mean it. There is no law. 
that says if you don't mean it, it won't happen. Please, if you find that, let me know. Because it's not in there. You speak negative, you lose hell upon your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. So we have to understand that the law is a prescription that God has written down before you would ever reach the point that you need it. But if you're going to do it, now I know everybody goes, well, I'm going to do natural and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Well, hopefully... Ten years later, that natural vitamin finally kicks in and your problem disappears. But as for me and my house, I'm going to get it resolved in three days. But you can take ten years. I don't have a problem. But let's not talk about it every other week in a counseling session. Well, you know, I'm doing all natural. Okay, all right, good. Okay, just let me know if it works. And you say, oh, well, you, do you take medicine? Let me tell you something. If I slam my thumb with a hammer, I don't have to be counseled by 15 people to know that it's time to take a leave. I, I mean, I really have a mind. You say, well, why don't, why don't you just believe God? I'm going to take that and leave and believe God is going to super speed it right through my system, right to this thumbnail. Well, rebuke the devil. The devil wasn't involved. It was between hammer and nail. The hammer was hitting the nail. That's what it's designed to do. Phyllis, is, it, this is probably typical to all you men. You know, we're nothing but a bunch of guinea pigs to our wives. <clears throat> Phyllis is getting ready. She goes this. Honey, do you want this before I throw it away? What is in there? What is in there that she is thinking it may kill him? She hasn't taken a bite herself. She just gave it the sniff test. And the sniff test is to say, this isn't for me. It must be for Pete. This is the work of the kingdom. This is the law. And so I always just say, no, don't give me your trash. Don't give me your leftover. I don't like them. That's why I don't eat leftovers. Why? You don't know how long they've been in there, brother. And I mean that. She'll pick up some meat and she'll say, well, it's not slimy yet. Yeah, but it's green. Oh, that don't matter. What's the date on it? Like, I trust that date. I don't trust baloney companies. I don't trust hot dog companies. And I don't trust Phyllis. 
My only out is when David's over here, David, take this home and call me in 10 minutes. Tell me if you like it or not. Yeah, you got to be careful, I'm telling you. So God gives us a prescription. Also, a law is a statue. It is something that is repeatable every time in your life. The law is a boundary setter. A boundary setter. The law is the decree of God's purpose for your life. So those are the things that the law is. Now the law has life in it, but we have to extract it. And so Joshua 1, 7 and 1 through 8 says, look, Joshua, take this law. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Now that should tell you how important it is. Take the law and put the law in your mouth, not your feelings. Put the law in your mouth. And then you are to put it in your mouth and seize it. In other words, take it as yours personally. When the Bible says, give it shall be given, understand this, that is yours. Now, you can lay it over there, or you can use it. Amen? Love your neighbor. Love them. Get involved. Reach out. Share Jesus. These are all laws that you and I are commanded to fulfill. They are the collars that dictate God's rule for our life. And so we have to realize that every believer should have a custom. You know what a custom is? Custom is a manner of... uh, Behavior. It is a manner of behavior. And as Christians, we are, it is our custom to let God rule us by the law of the Spirit of life. The law of the Spirit of life. Wow. It is a way of behavior. It is a way of doing something that needs to be done. It is the activity and the lifestyle that expresses faith to the followers or through the followers of Jesus Christ so that we will control ourselves based on the laws of God. You'll know them by their fruits. And the laws or the customs that we carry out should always express Jesus' life through us. It is produced by faith that enables us to rule our enemies. If we don't live in the laws of life, then the law of sin and death will certainly become dominant.
It is a habitable way of living for Christ. Now, I know that a lot of it sounds complicated, but it's not. It's not. It simply means that you and I have to learn the laws of the spirit of life. How many, when you got married, you just flourished? I was shipwrecked in three days. I didn't know that all of a sudden my mama wasn't in the trailer with me, but I was supposed to respond to that shrill little voice without reservation. If she said, I don't like, okay, honey, what do you want? You know, I had no opinion, and if I did, she reformed it. Are you paying attention? What's not true? Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah, right. I said, Phyllis, I'd like to buy this thing, and I said, I could make some money on it. No, you can't. I said, now, Phyllis, I can't. No, you can't. I said, Phyllis, it's only $1,200. No, you can't. Okay. Could I try? Absolutely not. So then, about two hours later, she says, honey, here's a house we ought to go look at. It's only $69,000. I said, well, what is it? It's a fixer-upper. You can do this. I can? Well, yeah, you can do it. And I said, well, let's go look at it, hoping that maybe conviction would get on her and she kind of balanced things out. Honey, what do you want for supper? I want that. Oh, no, we ain't getting that. I have no opinion. I am what she has made me. David, are you there? <clears throat> David, is it the truth? Come on, come on, David. Tell the truth. Just tell the truth. I don't want you to lie. Just tell the truth. Most the yeah, most of the time. That means David's afraid to say, absolutely. <clears throat> now, the thing of it is, Phyllis doesn't even know it. She doesn't know she's like that. She just, every time I bring it up, she says, no, I'm not. I said, well, why don't you ask Nikki or Randy? They told her. She said, well, they don't know me. <laughs> well, I said, well, Phyllis, Nikki said, Mom, you're like this. In other words, all you see is your way. And if anybody gets in the middle, it's like a groundhog out of his place, and you're going to take care of him. You just run over him. And Nikki said, Mom, you are like that. Oh, I am not. I'd say, well, Phyllis, I'm here. Randy's here. He's over there behind the couch shivering. But I'm here. And Nikki and I are telling you, I asked Lincoln. He said, yeah, I know a papa. Quentin, I know a papa. Lexi, absolutely. The only person right is Phyllis. So when I talk to her, I say, well, Phyllis, in your world, 
Right, Phyllis? Oh, <laughs> See that? The Bible says, threaten not. And this woman is drawing invisible blood. Some old man told me something the other day. He said, I've been married 60 years. She said, no, you haven't. You've been married 66. He said, whatever. <laughs> then she left the room and he said, boy, you know, you can't live with them and you can't live without them. That is the truth. Let's live by the laws of the kingdom of life. Amen? Or Phyllis's law, yeah. That's a whole nother dimension. It's Phyllis's, what is it, Bo, Bo's, what is that world? Superman has that guy that lives in another dimension. What is it? Bozo world, is that it? <laughs> I just know that no matter what I say, I have no authority in that world. It's a world where Phyllis has created. And we all humbly submit. <laughs> all righty, praise God. Let's stand to our feet. Praise the Lord. Listen, God has given you laws. Renew your mind. Quit thinking carnally. Find out what the Word of God says to you. And then set those laws in motion being mixed with faith. And I'm telling you, you will begin to see transformation in your life. There's nothing more powerful. God is upholding all things by the word of his power, Hebrews 1.3. So, God's upholding his laws. Use them. Use them. And transform your life. God loves us so much that he entrusted us with these keys, entrusted us with these laws. Use them. They're yours. They're rightfully yours. So let's use them. The laws of God won't fail. Amen? And I'll tell you what, as soon as you set in motion a law, God has moved to fulfill it. Praise God, every head bowed. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're here today and you're a backslider. You once knew God, but you just slid away, drifted away, backed up. If you're in either one of those categories, I'm going to ask you, to be bold enough to make the statement in front of these people, people that love you, people that have been where you are, and people that have called upon the name of the Lord. If you're here today and you're not a Christian or a backslider, I'm gonna give you just a couple of minutes to concentrate, to think about, the love of God. Remember, 
the law of sin and death that Jesus freed us from when he died on the cross. When he shed his blood that your sins and my sins could all be washed away. And he's calling to you today. Just like he called to me so many years ago. And he calls to me today to lead me and to help me. If you're here today, you don't know him as your personal savior. This is the day. Now we are going to give you just a few moments and we're going to invite you to please come down, join your hands with me and we're going to pray a prayer with you that will transform your life. So if that's you today, if you're not a Christian, if you're a backslider, I'm going to ask you to step out into the aisle and come down here and pray with us. In Jesus' name, you can now start stepping out into the aisle. If you come with somebody, make sure that they understand that they're giving their life to Jesus Christ. Come on. Wherever you might be, today is your day. Tomorrow's not promised. And I know that you know that. And you also know that your tomorrow will never come. But it will come. But today is your day. Everybody has one. I had one. David had one. John had one. Frank had one. We've all had a day that we had to say, Jesus, I need you. So if that's you today, step out of your island, come, come quickly. Hallelujah. 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 Okay, praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we're glad that you have been here with us today. And uh, Phyllis is not near as bad as I said she is. And I'm saying that for the safety and longevity of my life. And uh, look, Phyllis and I have fun. Uh, you know, she thinks I'm a hoot to be married to. And uh, so, but let's lift our hands up one more time and say, Jesus, I thank you for the blood that you shed, the life that you gave, and the salvation that you presented to me. I thank you that you were God's son sent forth to die for me that I might have a life and it more abundantly. Amen and amen. God bless you. See you Wednesday evening. Praise God.